So on the first Pentecost, signs and wonders accompanied the giving of the Torah at Mount Sinai. There was smoke, there was fire, and there was a cloud on the mountain. Exodus 19, verse 18. Now Mount Sinai was completely in smoke because the Lord descended upon it in fire. Its smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace, and the whole mountain quaked greatly. Now, most Christians, I would say, know the story of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. You know the story. The mighty wind, the tongues of fire, the Holy Spirit, the speaking in other tongues so that everyone could hear them in their own language yet. It's also my understanding that very few are aware of the Torah background behind this event. And it's my personal belief that as believers become aware of the observance of the festivals of the Lord, they're always blessed and delighted by this holy day called Shavuot, the Feast of Weeks. The church holiday they once knew only as a remembrance of Acts chapter 2 Well, it's actually a biblical appointment filled with a wealth of meaning and a wealth of symbolism. You see, the Torah commands us to count the days of the Omer. You'll remember that Fred said today is the 49th day of the counting of the Omer. And on the day after the Sabbath, during the week of the Festival of Unleavened Bread, by the way, that was the day on which the first fruits of the barley were harvested, and offered up in the temple, we are commanded to begin a countdown to the next festival. We are told to count 49 days, and when the counting is done, then the 50th day is the appointed time of the Feast of Weeks, or Shavuot, or Pentecost. Now, both the English and Hebrew names for the festival reflect this counting. The English name, Pentecost, is from the Greek equivalent of the word 50th, or the 50th day. And the Hebrew name for the holiday, Shavuot, means weeks. It's so named because of the seven full weeks, seven times seven, 49 days of counting. And you see, this counting is a chain, a chain that links the festival of unleavened bread to the festival of Shavuot. And so in this sense... Shavuot concludes the festival season that began with Passover. Shavuot is also a harvest festival. And just as the week of unleavened bread celebrates, celebrates rather the ripening of the barley crop, which was the first crop that grew up in the Middle East, in a very similar way, Shavuot celebrate, celebrates the white ripening of the wheat crop. And so on Shavuot, the first fruits of the wheat harvest were brought to the temple, and they were baked into two loaves of leavened bread. The intervening or interim 49 days of counting are called the days of the counting of the Omer, because day one begins the harvest of the single barley sheaf. By the way, that's called an Omer in Hebrew. And day 49 concludes the harvest with the wheat sheaf. And in addition to wheat... The pilgrims celebrating Shavuot brought with them the first fruits of all their crops and offered them before the altar. This was also the second 
of the three pilgrimage festivals, Passover, Shavuot, and the Feast of Tabernacles, on which the Jewish people were commanded to come to Jerusalem. Now, the Mishnah, the Mishnah is the first major written collection of the Jewish oral traditions. The Mishnah describes a pilgrimage of Israelites bringing their first fruits to the temple. And I'm quoting from the Mishnah. It's called Bikurim, chapter 3, verses 1 to 8. The worshipers converged on Jerusalem from all over the land of Israel. In their hands, they carried baskets of the first fruits of their produce. The wealthy among them carried baskets overlaid with silver and gold, while the poor carried wicker baskets made from peeled willow branches. Those who lived near Jerusalem brought fresh figs and grapes. Those from a distance brought dried figs and raisins instead. Turtle doves, designed for the altar, were tied to the baskets. A sacrificial ox with its horns bedecked with gold and its head crowned with olive leaves led the procession to the temple. And walking in front of the ox, a flute player played the melodies of the psalms while the pilgrims sang along. Who says... Enjoying the Lord is not fun or beautiful or musical or wonderful. I mean, we can just imagine, please put yourself in the place of the disciples and followers of Yeshua in the book of Acts chapter 2, joining into this first fruits procession. The Shavuot festival already carried particular significance for them, because it was exactly 50 days after the Messiah had resurrected. He was the first fruits of resurrection. And in fact, the disciples and the followers of Yeshua were themselves the first fruits of Messiah's ministry. But on Shavuot, 3,000 more were added to their number, and the great harvest of human souls began. Just as with Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread, Shavuot is a memorial of an Exodus event. Passover is a remembrance of the slaying of the Passover lamb. The first day of Unleavened Bread is a remembrance of the Exodus from Egypt. And Shavuot, the Feast of Weeks, Pentecost, is a remembrance of the giving of the Torah at Mount Sinai. Likewise, Jewish tradition has sought to attach significance to other spring festival dates. For example, according to Jewish tradition, the seventh day of Passover remembers the crossing of the Red Sea. In Jewish tradition, the counting of the Omer is regarded as a remembrance of the days between the exodus from Egypt and the revelation of the Torah at Mount Sinai. And therefore, Shavuot became known as the anniversary of God's appearance at Mount Sinai. And so it's celebrated like that today as the anniversary of the giving of the Torah. And as a matter of fact, in Hebrew, the festival is also called Zman Matan Torotenu, the giving of the Torah to us. The principal Torah readings in the synagogue on this holy day of Shavuot are Exodus 19 and 20 the story of the giving of the Ten Commandments and of the covenants at Sinai. And as the disciples of the risen Messiah 
gathered to celebrate Shavuot in Jerusalem, Acts chapter 2, they were also gathering to celebrate the anniversary of the giving of the Torah. On the first Pentecost, signs and wonders accompanied the giving of the Torah on Mount Sinai. There was smoke, there was fire, there was wind, and there was a cloud on the mountain. And the mountain trembled, and the blast of the shofar, it says, sounded louder and louder. And then the voice of God was literally audibly heard by the entire nation of Israel. And according to the Midrash, another Talmudic um, um, interpretation, the giving of the Torah at Mount Sinai was accompanied by additional wonders, two of which are significant to our reading of Acts chapter 2. The Midrash speaks, this is not the New Covenant, this is the Midrash. The Midrash speaks of flames of fire which came to each individual at Sinai. Did you know that? This is from Moshe Weissman. He writes this. On the occasion of the giving of the Torah, the children of Israel not only heard the Lord's Lord's voice, but actually saw the sound waves as they emerged from the Lord's mouth. They visualized them as a fiery substance. Each commandment that left the Lord's mouth traveled around the entire camp and then came back to every Jew individually. The second miracle that the Midrash preserves is the voice of God, are you ready? Speaking in every language known to man. You see, according to rabbinic lore and tradition, there are 70 mother tongues in the world. It says in the Midrash Shemot Rabbah, chapter 5, verse 9, quote, And all the people witnessing the thunderings, note that it does not say the thunder, but the thunderings, and because of that, that Rabbi Jonathan said that God's voice, as it was uttered, I'm not making this up, split up into 70 voices, into 70 languages, so that all the nations of the world could understand. There is no coincidence with God's word. Whether or not these traditions preserve actual historical memories of the Mount Sinai experience, to be honest with you, is really not all that important. What is important to remember is that the disciples and followers of Yeshua we're all very well aware of these Shavuot traditions. They knew the story of the giving of the Torah on Shavuot. They knew the story of the words of fire resting on each individual at Shavuot. They knew the story of God's voice speaking to all mankind in every language on Shavuot. And so, the miracles and the signs, and the wonders they experienced in Acts chapter 2 not only did not surprise them, but it carried deep significance and prophetic fulfillment. The tongues of fire and the speaking in every tongue were both Mount Sinai experiences 
and related to the receiving of the Torah. God was using a connection between the Holy Spirit and the very word of God, the Torah. You see, Shavuot draws a line of connection between Exodus 19 and Acts 2. The festival unites the giving of the Torah at Sinai and the giving of the Spirit in Jerusalem. The two events are forever and inseparably linked. And this link creates a profound theological implication for all believers. You see, the Torah and the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, are substantially of the same essence. Jeremiah the prophet foresaw this when God declared through him, quote, Behold, I will make a new covenant. He says, I will put my Torah within them and on their heart, and I will write it there, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people, Jeremiah 31. And Ezekiel, the prophet, also foretold by the same very Spirit of God, quote, I will put my Spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you will be careful to observe my ordinances. Well, according to these prophets, the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, was given in order to place the Torah within believers' hearts. And if that is true, then the Spirit within us and the Torah of God need to agree with each other. You see, then it can be asserted that the purpose of the presence of the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, in the lives of believers is to enable us to walk in the spirit and understanding of the Torah. The spirit and the Torah are not, God forbid, opposed to each other. God forbid. Instead, as Paul says in Galatians, opposed to the fruit of the spirit, there is no Torah. Galatians 5 Verse 23, the Ruach HaKodesh originates from the same essence as the Torah, the full expression of God, dwelling literally within human hearts so that he may be our God and we may be his people. That was the stated purpose of the first Shavuot at Mount Sinai. It was the purpose of Shavuot recorded in Acts chapter 2, and it remains the same purpose for which we participate in Shavuot and Pentecost celebrations annually to this day. We have been created anew. We have the gift of the Spirit of God dwelling in us, and we are now enabled to walk in God's love and in God's Spirit. On this day before Shavuot, I would like you to stand with me, and I would just like to read Acts chapter 2. The new covenant fulfillment of the prophecy of the Hebrew Scriptures. Now when the day of Shavuot had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. 
Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. Then they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Look, are not all of these who speak Galileans? And how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? Parthians and Medes and Elamites, those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya adjoining Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean? And others mocking said, they're just full of new wine. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. That would be about 9 a.m. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, said God, that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and notable day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Men of Israel, hear these words. Yeshua of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves also know, him being delivered by the determined counsel and foreknowledge of God, You have taken by lawless hands, have crucified, and put to death, whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be held by it. For David says concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is at my right hand that I may not be shaken. Therefore my heart rejoiced, and my tongue was glad. Moreover, my flesh will also rest in hope, because you will not leave my soul in Hades, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of joy in your presence. Men and brethren, let me speak freely to you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Therefore, Being a prophet, 
And knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his body, according to the flesh, he would raise up the Messiah to sit on his throne, he, foreseeing this, spoke concerning the resurrection of the Messiah, that his soul was not left in Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Yeshua God has raised up, of which we are all witnesses. Therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this which you now see and hear. For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he says of himself, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Yeshua, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. And when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse and crooked generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day, about 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together, and had all things in common, and distributed their possessions and goods, and divided them among all, as everyone and anyone had need. And so continuing daily with one accord, in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the congregation daily those who were being saved. My dear brothers and sisters, it does not take rocket science to figure out the gospel. He took our place. He bore our judgment. He died so that we may live. And he was resurrected so that we may be promised resurrection life. And who knows, but today, the Lord will add in this sanctuary another to the numbers of those who are saved. And so I'm going to ask everybody just to keep standing. And if through this message and through the reading of God's word, the very Spirit of God has spoken to you. And you need to get things right with the Creator of all things. You need to understand that you can't work your way out of your own sin problem. If today is the day that the scales of flesh have fallen off your eyes and you have seen the glory 
of the Lord God of Israel. If today is that day that you want to make the decision for life, I just want you to raise your hand high. Is there anyone here this morning? Praise God. Is there anyone else? May the Lord, may the Lord bless and keep you. May his face and his grace shine upon you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, and give you peace. Yivarechecha Adonai v'yishmerecha Yair Adonai panav elecha v'yichunecha Yisa Adonai panav elecha v'yasem lecha shalom v'yasem lecha shalom This is the way you shall be blessed From day to day, he'll be your rest. This is the way you shall be blessed. From day to day, he is your rest. May the Lord, may the Lord bless and keep you. May his face and his grace shine upon you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, and give you peace, and give you peace, and give you peace.